0: This recording begins with today's Gospel reading. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself doing the serving? Help tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her, the gospel of the Lord. Last week, we heard at Sunday Mass from the 10th chapter of the gospel of Luke, the parable of the Good Samaritan. I think most Christians would say that parable is in the top the 10, top 20 most important parables in the Gospels. It's one in which Jesus most powerfully reveals the truth of what love is. When you look at that parable, it's really the way Jesus lives. There's a person who is in a dangerous situation, a scary situation, and he chooses the Samaritan to enter into the plight of the man who's been beaten up. He gives his time, his treasure, his talent to address that man's needs. He really throws himself into loving him. It also in that parable reveals, remember, the person who asks Jesus the question that launches the parable, asks, who is my neighbor? He's wondering, what are the parameters, the limitations on the kinds of people I need to love according to God? Jesus doesn't answer that question because it's not valid spiritually. Jesus ends up saying that what matters is who is neighbor, who lives like the good Samaritan. I presume lots of people went to church last week, heard that, and probably sincerely said, yes, that makes sense. That's what true love is. I know that many people, including I presume many of you, really did take it deeper and tried this week to live that love more actively. And I know particularly in this community where so many people are genuinely trying hard to grow as disciples of Jesus, you may have had the insight, this is a lot. If I'm really gonna pursue this love, it can feel burdensome at times. There's so much loving to do in this fallen, sinful world. Particularly if that's the case, if you feel at all burdened in your marriage, in your family, in this community, by trying to serve Jesus, it is wildly interesting to me that after that parable of the good samaritan luke makes the choice to put in the account that we just heard from the very end of the ch- end of chapter 10 this is not a story the parable this is a real account of something that happens with jesus there is no question in my mind that luke wants people particularly those who take seriously that parable of the Good Samaritan to be sure that it's added to it, this experience with Martha and Mary. So in this account, Jesus goes to a town and he enters the home of a woman named Martha and her sister Mary. We know from the Gospel of John that they also have a brother named Lazarus, these people become, or maybe they already are, particularly close friends of Jesus. John goes out of his way to say that Jesus loves Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Jesus enters the home, and Martha welcomes him. I presume the reason we heard that first reading from Genesis 18 is to remind us. I might go to Tim Lane's house today, and his version of welcoming is, you want to diet Coke, and that's about it. In the Bible, a welcome is much, much more profound. And some of us come from cultures that still honor this. Most of us don't in this community. Genesis 18, that passage Abraham sees some strangers. Welcoming them means he goes out to them and asks them for the blessing of entering his home. He runs out to them. Because in the Bible, a welcome is an encounter potentially with God in other people, and it's also opening God's love to other people. Abraham asks them the favor of coming into his home and relieving the toil of their journey. He serves them from the get-go. He and his wife, Sarah, start taking some of the best of their food, and they really work hard to prepare a meal. He waits on these strangers So this is a biblical welcome. And by the way, I think you probably got from the passage. It turns out that those strangers are God's messengers, and they receive the word of God in this welcome that they offer to them. So Martha isn't just welcoming Jesus in, here's the door, here's your Diet Coke. She's really working hard to offer a biblical welcome to Jesus. Mary, the sister, makes the choice to sit beside Jesus at his feet And to listen to him speak, literally in Greek, to listen to his word. Sidebar, that's the position of a disciple. It is entirely unheard of, basically unheard of, in Jesus' time and place for a woman to be allowed to take the position of a disciple. At the beginning of the eighth chapter of Luke, Luke goes out of his way to say that Jesus in his Galilean ministry is accompanied by the 12 and many women who provide for them out of their means. Jesus blows open his society's expectations that only men would be disciples of men. Jesus allows many women to be his disciples. Back to the story. Mary sits beside Jesus at his feet and listens to the word. Let me ask you here, can any of you relate to this in your family, that you're working really hard for a family event and some lazy bum is just sitting in the corner doing nothing? Raise your hand, please, if you have had that experience, okay? Raise your hand if you're a lazy bum who's done that. A few honest people, I mean, we need a team of psychologists, oh, I would never behave Mary is that's not what's going on here, both of them are good. So. Martha, Luke says, is burdened by much serving. The serving is nothing but good. She is serving Jesus. She's burdened by this. The burden is so big that she goes to Jesus, and she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do all the serving? And she's really annoyed with Jesus. He hasn't done anything wrong. She's annoyed with the Son of God. And then she says, tell her to help me. She's ordering around the Son of God from 50,000 feet. This is the state she's in. Does Jesus care? He entirely cares. If he didn't care, he wouldn't respond. He completely loves Mary. He completely loves Martha. He says to Martha, 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 you can't read from the scripture what the emotion is. Some people think he's kind of gently chiding her. I think he may just be saying, calm down. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. That's exactly what's going on. It's not Mary. Mary may be provoking her. What's going on with Martha is she is anxious and worried about many things. The dishes, the serving, the atmosphere, many things. Only one thing matters. I wonder if she first thinks like cucumbers, bread, what is it the one thing that matters? Here's the one thing that matters. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. The choice here of either doing the only good activity of serving Jesus, welcoming him, there is a better part and Mary has chosen it, to sit beside Jesus at his feet and to listen to his word. The older I get, I think the more clear this passage is to me. It has nothing to do with Martha is bad and Mary is good. It has nothing to do with a contemplative life is better than an active life. These are two very good women, two women who have begun a sincere discipleship, both of them in Jesus. But right now, Jesus is in the house, and he is speaking his word, whatever it is he's teaching. A woman who has become anxious and worried about many things in the course of serving Jesus, he cares about that, he enters into that, and he gives her the gift of the solution. The solution is you can make the other choice. Right now, while Jesus is here, you, Martha, can also make the choice of listening to his word. The meal is going to go on. Jesus is not going to be in their house forever. But right now, when you're feeling burdened and anxious about many things in serving Jesus, the answer to that is to listen to his word. So the passage, interestingly, again, I'm sure this is very conscious on the part of the gospel writer. The gospel writer doesn't say what Martha chooses to do. You can only guess what does she choose to do. John, the gospel writer, though, tells us who Martha becomes. Martha appears two more times in the gospel of John. So in the gospel of John in John 11, you may remember this, Lazarus, the brother, dies. Jesus goes to their home. Martha comes out and she engages with Jesus. Mary remains at home. Jesus has a conversation with Martha in which he draws forth from her. She's really engaged. She really listens to his word. She responds. He draws out new hope. And then she says, I have come to believe, come to believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. Almost nobody else ever professes that before the resurrection of Jesus. Clearly, Martha has become a person who has been listening to the word of Jesus, clearly has been living his truth because she becomes a woman who professes, I have come to believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. Secondly, in John 12, after Lazarus is raised from the dead, Jesus visits their home. And there is a meal. It says that Lazarus reclines at table with Jesus. Mary, you may remember this, anoints Jesus' feet with costly perfume and dries his feet with her hair. It's this action of profound adoration. And it says that Martha serves. All three siblings clearly have been listening to the word of Jesus for a long time and responding. They are gathered with him at a table, eating, adoring, serving. That's what Christians are meant to do, all of those things. Martha remains a woman who serves, but she clearly grows from this early encounter into a woman of the most profound faith. So if you are finding serving Jesus burdensome right now, If you are anxious and worried about many things in trying to serve, and I know that many of you are, in your marriage, with your children, at Lawrence Catholic Academy, at Cor Unum, in all these good services of Jesus we do in this community, many of us at any given time are burdened by much service. Many of us feel anxious and worried about many things. This week, here's a two-part spiritual exercise. Number one, consider, are there ways in serving Jesus that you currently feel burdened, anxious, and worried about many things? Not about life in general, not about your job, not about the state of the world. In serving Jesus, are you burdened, anxious, worried? If you come up with nothing, if you say, really, I'm not serving Jesus... That actively. I don't feel burned by anything serving him. Well, that tells you something. That's something to think about. But are there ways? If there are, number two, hear him speak to you. Monica, Monica, Tim, Tim, Hugo, Hugo. You are anxious and worried about many things. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the better part and it won't be taken away from her. What are the ways that you are in the midst of this worry, burden, actually pausing to listen to the word of Jesus? Most importantly at mass, which I know many of you are, if you are coming here Sunday by Sunday to hear his word in the scripture and in the prayers of this mass, if you are trying to open yourself to his teaching, his word, if you are trying to, if you're, if you're eligible and you're receiving the fullness of him in this Eucharist, And if you're leaving here intending to pause with this word day by day this week, you are choosing the better part. It will not be taken from you. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to SaintPatrickParish.com.